Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 90 of In the Middle of It, the podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hey there, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. Now, I am sharing the second half of my conversation with a former colleague of mine, Dr. Susan Dinsmore-James, today. And if you didn't catch the first part of our talk, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I believe it's episode 89. And catch that before you listen to this one. But I'd like to tell you a little bit more about my friend in case you haven't caught that episode yet. Susan Densmore James and I work together at Rachel Carson Middle School in Herndon, Virginia, teaching eighth graders. She taught English and I taught social studies as part of a team. We had the same set of 140 some odd students that we shared with a science teacher and a math teacher as well. Now, Susan is Dr. Densmore James, and she works at the University of West Florida. She's an associate professor there, and she directs the National Writing Project branch at UWF. Now, she taught school for 17 years before she went back to university to get her dual PhD in reading and language arts. And right now, she trains pre-service teachers, and she also has a website called The Book Dealer that supports her work with literacy and young adult literature. In fact, this past spring, before quarantine, she was one of two non-author speakers at the North Texas Teen Book Festival, which is quite an honor. So I'm just super proud of her. I'm super proud to be able to call her friend. And as I mentioned in part one, I am super grateful that we were able to connect during this unusual season of COVID. Now, our conversation is very timely as teachers are beginning to gear up to start the school year. And Guys, the wisdom that Susan drops in this episode is just crazy amazing. So if you're a teacher, I would definitely grab a pen and paper so that you can jot down some notes, especially if you are a middle school teacher. Now, you can also head to the episode show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP90 to see the highlights of our conversation and also to access links to all of the resources that we talk about. Okay, are you guys ready? Let's jump right in. The other piece to this, as far as collegiality, because again, I think here we are 20 years later, um, still communicating fairly frequently via Facebook, and we'll reach out to each other every once in a while. What is that going to look like for teachers if they're in this new paradigm, do you think? And how would you recommend that they have that collegiality without it? necessarily being like one more thing on their to-do list? Well, I definitely think we need to look at innovative ways to collaborate. Okay. Um, One of my, I, I spend a lot of time with this with my teacher educators in the classroom. And one app that I recommend is um, Planbook EDU. And there are a lot of different apps out there like this. But, you know, we need to take care of our brand new teachers. We have a lot of brand new teachers going into the classroom this year. Right. A lot of retirements. But Planbook EDU allows you to, one, stay focused on your state standards. 
Mm-hmm. It shows you how many times you've covered each standard and you just hook the standard in to the specific day that you are teaching that. Right. But it also allows teachers to show one another what is going on in their classroom. So I love that. And and Planbook EDU also is free, right? From what I'm it I is remember. very low cost. I want to say it's $25. Okay. Year, but I think when school districts buy them, then, you know, it, the teachers do not pay for it. And I think most districts do have something that's similar to this. Okay. Planbook EDU is just the one that I show my students. Okay, great. Yeah, I've actually used it before too. I've gone in and explored. It's fantastic because it already has pretty much all the state standards baked into it, right? Like, so Absolutely. you just have to drag a drop and, 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 to be able to put it into your plan for the day. Oh, and you yeah. can replicate it. Absolutely. Just select your grade, select your content area, select your state, and you populate it with that. And it's it's absolutely amazing. That is just fantastic. That, yeah. We cannot expect those first year teachers to reach out. Um, you know, yes. into this, this is what you want to do and you don't want to admit that you don't know something. So, you know, this is going to be a new, um, like you said, we have a whole new paradigm shift. We need to include in that how we are mentoring new teachers. Right. And reaching out and saying, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing in my seventh grade English class. I know you're teaching seventh grade English and also talking to the other seventh grade English teachers. We need to help our first year teachers. This is very stressful. You know, you've got a lot of things that many of these young teachers have not experienced. I mean, who would have ever thought we would be experiencing COVID, but then, you know, with, with the death of George Floyd, you also are dealing with, you know, we're dealing with the repercussions of that and how to handle that in the classroom. Yeah. Community trauma for sure. Right. Exactly. So these are little things that we need to consider before school starts. Right. For sure. And, and really fleshing out your thoughts, beliefs, values so that you can stand in those with the kids right Right. like that's you really have to think about it and 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 be informed right and you know what i have my teacher educators do and i see that the national writing project has been doing it as well is a lot of people are using padlet okay create instruction padlet is amazing you can connect video to it. You can do your own personal video. You can go into TED Talks and attach TED Talks. Um, You know, you could do a choice board for students where they can select which three assignments they do for the week. Um, There are a lot of different options with that. Okay, Um, and so it's a website that you can use, and it's kind of like a one-stop shop. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can organize it the way you want to organize it. And, you know, it's like a cork board, but you can attach anything to it. Okay. And this is a total like newbie question, I think, but does it integrate with with other programs like Google Google Classroom or anything like that? Or is it its own, like you can turn in, kids can turn in work or? You can embed your Padlet into anything. Oh. So if you go into, you know, if you're using Google, 
then you know you can post it into the Google and the students can actually respond individually to what you have posted. Okay. And um, you know, I think the most difficult thing for me as a teacher ever was giving up that control. Mm. And um, this allows kids to take responsibility for what they're learning. Um, one of the best things that I was ever taught was by a woman named Amy Kelly, uh -huh. who taught me about the take a chance slips where students can write a proposal for something they want to study. And oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, I still use them. Oh, I, I love that. Students. I love that. And you know what? This is an opportunity for kids to, to do that. You know, um, 3M, the people that came up with Post-its, they mm -hmm. allow their employees 15 hours a week to dream, to, wow. to shoot for the stars, think about rainbow, <laughs> and come up with and learn about something they want to learn about. And why not at this point, you know, right now they're, we've canceled state testing last year and I'm not crying over that. <laughs> but why not use the opportunity to really engage and get kids hooked back in to school because you know, sometimes they get beaten down by those state tests. Well, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's such an interesting time, Susan, because, I, and I've watched this with my kids. Yes there are things that they need to learn to have kind of a baseline of knowledge, but I'll never forget the first time my son used this term, like, let's search it up. I'm like, search it up. Like, what is that? Which is a whole new, I mean, that's a whole new thing now. But the, the fact is that information is at their fingertips. It's the skills and the mindsets and the attitudes, I think, that that are super important. That's a huge part of teaching now. Absolutely. Hey, and do you remember when we did the, the budget bash? I do. I do. Well, think about that. I mean, that is a life skill. You know, we taught the kids how to budget money, and they had jobs, and Kiplinger Magazine came in. You know, mm -hmm. look, at they remember those things. And we were still meeting objectives of having them do speaking and listening. They were researching, they were writing. Yeah. I mean, they were it doing- It was all skills-based. It was, it was truly all skills-based because as far as like this, the social studies curriculum, you know, the state standards at the time, I think maybe it would probably fit like being a good citizen. <laughs> like it would, I could, I, you know, I could definitely tie it in and justify it. But it was so much more than that. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was so much more than that. It was experiential. And that is what I think is going to be the most valuable for our kids. And figuring out how to make learning experiential when it's e-learning is going to be a big piece to things. Well, it's less work on the teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about that. When, you're, when you are having them study something that they want to study or learn about, or if they are using, you know, their talents to present information in the way that they want to. Um, it just, you know, I recall that year with you and I started that interactive notebook that year. Yeah, yeah. I recall thinking, 
wow, they're the ones doing the thinking. You know, yeah. I'm not the one up here lecturing. They're doing the thinking and they're sharing their thinking. And I think teachers need to feel confident that during this time, take advantage of the fact that you can be a little bit more creative. That's what I was hearing from teachers this past year. I had several of them reach out to me to say, oh, I just wanna thank you for my National Writing Project experience because I was combining reading and writing and the kids were writing creatively and I don't know how I would have made it without that. Well, reading and writing and building community is what that's all about with the National Writing Project. And those types of strategies are what you're going to want to use online with students. Right. And I think it goes back to something you said a few minutes ago, which is the letting go of control, which I think, again, this is that space of uncertainty that we talked about and really getting comfortable in that space and, and being creative, which I think this just kind of popped into my head while you were sharing that. Um, you clearly were the English teacher. I was the social studies teacher. Um, I'm thinking about my science teacher friends, the Kirk Treacles of the world, and then the math teachers as, as well. Kirk Treacle was a science teacher on our team. I think he's, he's still at the school where we taught. He's the librarian now. He was a fantastic, just fantastic educator. But for those who are more, that have that mindset, do you have, and I know this isn't your forte, but what would your, your thoughts be to them? Because I know we talked before, I firmly believe reading across the curriculum is huge. And that is an amazing way to connect. And I know there are all kinds of resources out there to connect, whether it's like a picture book or a YA novel or things like that to your specific curriculum. But what would you say to those teachers? Well, you remember, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Kurt had them read Carl Sagan, do you remember? Oh, yes, Cos and, Cosmos. Yes, and the kids yes. then wrote a piece that went with that. We were constantly doing things like that. And you know, this yes. is another um, excellent opportunity to learn from your colleagues because you know, schools are not like they were, Amy, where we were all in one end together and we ate lunch together. Mm -hmm. The scheduling has become so much more intense that you don't see that. And this is an opportunity where teachers can work together. You know, a five minute conversation, um, you know, through Zoom or Skype or FaceTime or whatever you're doing, it allows you, I think, to collaborate way more than you would otherwise. Right. You have to look at that as a positive. Man, my mind is just racing, thinking about even staff meetings and doing them on Zoom and doing those breakout rooms like you were talking about and just having teachers kind of go back and forth and share I guarantee what's working, you, what's not. I guarantee you that Gail Womble at the <laughs> principal would have had that down and would have been using it. Oh um, yeah, before we would even blink. For absolutely, sure. and it, for we sure. do have to think smarter. My concern is that I was seeing teachers in the spring working seven days a week Right. That can't happen. No, I think um, we're already, I think, at, at a place of mental fatigue, emotional fatigue, isolation fatigue, like what, you know, pick your poison. So how, and, and I think to you being someone who works at home, it is really hard to draw a line between, okay, here are my work hours and here is my home hours, especially with kids at home who are popping in and out and, and, you know, I mean, you get that too. So what's your 
best practice there? What would your advice be on that? You know, I, again, go back to what I said at the beginning, at the beginning of the year, have it mapped out, you know, the expectations in terms of what days you're meeting, you know, the times. Schedule's important. Yeah. I watched with Elena, with my daughter, with several of her classes that did not have a scheduled meeting time. That didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) So articulating how it's going to work, Um, you know, even if it's your brick and mortar and, you know, how, what is it going to be like? And, and don't, you know, get on the video, talk to them, um, and tell them, you know, last fall, I found myself working seven days a week. So, you know, last spring, I found myself working seven days a week. So this fall, I am going to limit my office hours and, and lay it out there for them. Um, you know, and, and say, none of us can work constantly. You know, that's, that's not a healthy environment. It's not healthy for the teacher. It's not healthy for the students. So I think just, you know, being upfront about it um, is another good way to, to do that at the beginning of the year, make it clear. Yeah, I like that. And I would also add to that, I think maybe having some accountability with a colleague might be a really good idea too. So that you're holding each other accountable for, you know, doing what you say you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it and stopping. Right. Because I think that that's sometimes for me, I know, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Gretchen Rubin and her, there's like four different types of people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're the upstander. <laughs> but I'm the one where it's, I show up and do things for other people where I don't necessarily have that same strength showing up for myself. So I really have to work on that. And so for me, having an accountability partner, somebody who I know I'm going to meet up with and say every week, like, yes, I, you know, I showed up the way that I planned. I honored the schedule that I made for myself. I think that's huge. Now, and having something like that plan book, And allow, like, if you and I had kids and we were at home and we needed to not be on a Zoom or some method of of communicating, we could at least look at each other's plans. Yes, I love that. I love that. In those, you can also leave suggestions. You can attach files. Yeah. So I will... Finding a link to um, that in, and all the resources that you've talked about, I'll, I'll have that in my show notes for this episode. And so you guys can check that out at theishgirl.com. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I want to make sure to cover. This is gold. Like this is gold, Susan. Thank you. I really appreciate well, it because I, I spend a lot of time in Facebook groups, you know, seeing the conversations that teachers are having. And, and seeing where, where their pain points are and their struggle is. And so I think- well, Matt, you've hit on something that's very important yeah. is to find your group of people. Find and your group of people, yes. People. And you know, sometimes you do need people outside of your school. I have to commend the teachers of the United States because I have never seen so much giving in my entire life. Yeah, see, I'm in two groups for secondary education, and in both, they are sharing ideas and solving problems and providing resources. 
And I would definitely, especially new teachers, get involved in some of those groups. Um, and, and also, the other thing is, if you have no idea about anything that deals with online education, there are wonderful resources out there. Um, I just had uh, a couple of uh, colleagues that wrote a textbook called The Online Classroom. And oh, they, timely. They wow. focused on um, teaching young adult lit through the online um, environment, but then they have one that's generally for middle school online environment because they both are specialists in those fields. And I guarantee you that there are books for the elementary classroom as well. So as your son said, let's search it up and let's find <laughs> some resources. Thank you, Susan. I think you have just given us a lot to kind of chew over and process and think about. And I, again, I will be putting as, as all the resources I possibly can into those show notes and kind of fleshing things out. Um, and what I write as far as a summary of our discussion. So any last minute wisdom, something that we haven't touched on that you feel like teachers, new ones especially, would need to know or would benefit from? Stay close to your university. To, oh, okay. okay. You know, you've been educated. Um, there are people out there. I have student teachers and teachers that are, you know, new teachers they are constantly contacting me and you know that connection needs to remain um definitely do that you know i also think you know just like my beginning of the year uh activity that i do with all i ever needed to know i learned in kindergarten you know we have to remember in there it talks about balance and, you know, we need to read a little, write a little, dance a little, sing a little. We need to take time <laughs> for ourselves. Um, I think that is going to be a critical point because, you know, you can, you can work seven days a week, 24 hours, and not get it finished. Yeah. So focus on those authentic tasks that you do. You know, you want to look through your dis the lens of your discipline Kids will love it. Writing movie reviews, creating blogs, you know, all of those things that, that they really love doing and using technology, go for that. Um, you know, give them a task and let them create because when you do that, they're going to be so engaged. But you have people out there that are willing to share their ideas and stay close and hold hands. All I ever need to know, I learned in kindergarten, says we need to hold hands when we go out in the world. We need to look both ways and cross the street together. And that's the only way we're going to get through this. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's just, this is amazing. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. I cannot adequately express my thanks to Susan for all the great tips and advice she shared with us here on In the Middle of It. So please be sure to check her out at thebookdealer.com. I've included a link to that and to the resources that we talked about in the show today in the show notes. And you can find those at theishgirl.com forward slash EP90. And if you found the podcast to be helpful or encouraging in any way, I would love for you to pass it along to someone in your circle who would also benefit from it. And it's also super helpful for you to, if you're feeling particularly generous, leave a rating and review for the show in Apple Podcasts. That is the absolute best way for you to help others find us. So 
Thank you guys again so much for hanging out with me and with Susan today. Being in your ears is a privilege that I do not take lightly. So thank you for sharing your time with me. Now, if you are a middle school teacher who is looking for more resources to help you as you plan for the upcoming school year, please be sure to check out my updated Start Strong in the Middle checklist. You can find a link to it in the show notes at theishgirl.com forward slash EP90. Until next time, from an ish girl whose school supply addiction always gets a little out of hand this time of year, I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together.